Hello. Welcome to Electrocast. Episode 13, Coordination Station, with Helen Calloway. Released July 2021. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Electrocast. Today we've got Helen Calloway joining us from Siemens. Um, Helen's a Assistant Chief Engineer um, working at Siemens. Um, yeah. Hi, Helen, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> are you uh, you're back in the office then? Yes. Um, so I'm trying to do um, two days a week at the moment um, back in the office, mainly because we have um, a graduate with us um, in, in the Chief Engineers team. So it's sort of trying to get them out of the house and uh, get them in, in the work environment. Because well, for the last year, they've been, you know, like like me sat sat in a sort of spare bedroom working yeah um so it's trying to get them you know a little bit more um interactive with people and you know seeing another person a real person rather than it being over you know teams or whatever so so yeah it's uh I, i'm trying to be more in the office at the moment i see were you um forced to like i know everyone had to go home but has it been a difficult transition going to working from home um i think initially um yeah i think that it's just because it's new it's like with Mm. anything as soon as it's new it's always sort of ironing out the the flaws but um but then you just sort of get used to it yeah yeah. Um, and it's funny because i remember when we sort of went into lockdown, I remember saying to my boss, do you know what, I quite like working from home. I think I might just do this now. I might might not go into the office. And then when we could go into the office more, I was sort of thinking to myself, oh, actually, I think I want to be in the office more now. It's, you know, you, you do miss that human interaction and, and the people and those sort of odd conversations that just happen naturally as you happen to see someone in the corridor or in the kitchen. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah what do you think it'll be um or if you say that you didn't find it a difficult transition working from but do you think it'll be a difficult transition back to working in the office since you've got used to the environment at home um potentially yeah um mainly because so we all used to have our own allocated desks Hmm. and that's obviously changed so everything's hot desks so um potentially people might sort of not be comfortable with that whole having to book a desk yeah yeah everyone need one um but i think it's like anything you know people do just get used to things and but i I like to think that this is actually getting the bit sort of like the best of both worlds Hmm. and um so that you can say do you know what i'm let's do 50 50 you know let's let's work in the office for for a couple of days and then work from home a couple of days so you actually can sort of shift it around to work for you so you may need to be in the office for something but also at the same time you may want a day where, where you're just working from home so I think it's about what you make of it yeah so much really. more flexible yeah how's the um the dynamic been working with people so it's the engineering is usually very team-based have you um well not struggled but have you found it difficult working online in teams um th- yeah there are some things that are naturally just better face-to-face hmm. um uh, so workshops, you know, um, where there are a lot of people that will work better when you're you're all together in the same room. But we have managed to do that, um, obviously, with, with social distancing. But we've got uh, the room to be able to do that and to, and to still be safe. So that's that's been really, really good. But, um, yeah, a lot of it has been on Teams. And, and it's it's funny because normally you just go around to you just sort of walk past somebody's desks and have a chat with them whereas now you actually have to look at their calendar plan something in so it's a little you know i think you do sort of lose something with that but again there's benefits to it as well you know yeah. uh, so it's it's sort of you have to make the best of what you've got i think absolutely i mean have you been able to work with people from different site locations more and things like that yeah well um because um yeah because my role as a chief um as assistant chief engineer we actually interact with um lots of different disciplines from around the regions so actually we're, we're constantly um having calls with people like the the principal signaling engineers and they are spread out all over the country in different offices 
Oh, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, so it's sort of part of the role as, as a governance role. Um, we interact with all functions, really. So, so yeah. Oh, I see, I see. So what is it that Siemens does? And um, what is it that they do from your point of view, since you're fairly embedded in there? Um, so Siemens as a as a, a business is a, a it's is a massive company. They and then they do all sorts of things. Um, so there's um, the, the, like the white goods side, um, but then there's also uh, so the, the bit that I work in is mobility um, okay. and specifically um, rail infrastructure. So right. Siemens as a whole is a massive company that does lots and lots of different things, and I'm sort of one part one pillar of it, let's say. I see. Um, but it, yeah, the, the 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 rail infrastructure um, business uh, does railway signalling, um, rolling stock. So it's about um, trying to um, develop solutions to improve the railway system uh, and and make sure those trains travel around uh, and safely, and, and the passengers who use that railway are safe as well. Yeah, of course. I, mean, I suppose when you said that it's um like a key part you really you really mean that you do everything there uh, i know that when you look when you stood by the door on a train it says humans on the floor you know <laughs> yeah 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 it's it, it there's a lot there, there is an awful lot that we do um so it's from the the, the sort of the the control centers uh, traffic management um making sure that the the trains are being sent to the right place down to the the interlockings that make sure that the trains are kept apart so that they're, that they're safe. Hmm. Um, yeah, um, and then and like I say, then the trains themselves as well. So and and the signalling that indicates to the driver what they need to be doing to to make sure people are getting to where they need to go in a safe manner. So yeah, it's a bit of everything. So what is it that you do then? Um as an assistant chief engineer are you responsible for like managing projects or um i suppose in, in a roundabout way um partly so um so i work with a chief engineer and, and ultimately it's to ensure that what we do as a business is safe it's a safety critical industry um and, and also that we're going the right way with the technology so we we, we are sustaining our business mm -hmm. Uh, but also protecting the Siemens brand as well. So it's all about risk um, and assessing risk and managing risk. Um, so, for instance, does a, a signalling project, if, if something happens with that, what effect does that have on the Siemens brand as a whole, as oh, well okay. as the, the safety implications? So actually, it's about looking at the implications of everything that we do. Um, and like I say, it's a, there's a big uh focus on safety and assessing risk and managing that risk hmm, okay i see does that um give you a window into like nearly everything that siemens does in that area then um yeah pretty much because um the chief engineer has a a, a sort of an independent role within the business so and, and that's because we need to make sure everything's safe so so he's not um affected by budgetary issues on projects you know that's why he's independent um but yeah you do get to see a lot of things from across the functions it's quite a, it's quite an unusual role because normally you wouldn't you don't really see that you know what you, you tend to work in one function or another yeah quite isolated in box mm. yeah it's quite an interesting role because you do get to see each function and how they how they work and how they work together and and you're a big part of that in making sure that, ev that, that the right people are in the room to solve the problems yeah can i ask him um, an example of the sort of thing that you've you've worked on not recently recently because not to be um you won't be allowed to talk about that i'm guessing but is there <laughs> something that you've um so it's some well yeah I can, I, I can talk about some of the things that we do because um so for instance at the moment I'm putting together some training on safety um, uh, and how we comply with legislation or, or safety legislation. So, and, and basically that's ensuring that that legislation is interpreted in the right way within the business. Hmm. And we are doing things to ensure that our activities are safe. 
So Fantastic. it's all about you know, putting that training together and sort of, like I say, interpreting it from the, the legislation and then saying, right, this is how we apply this in the business. And this is what you as a signaling designer or a project engineer or an engineer manager, these are the things that you need to be doing. Because um, sometimes there's that, that sort of, you don't necessarily understand how it ties into legislation. Yeah, yeah. So you could skim over that bit if you're not particularly interested in it kind of thing, if you don't understand it. Yeah, it's sort of showing how it flows down to you and what it means to you as a as an individual and how it reflects um, or affects your work. Hmm. Oh, I see, I see. What got you into yeah. that then as a role? That's um, it's quite a technical role. Mm. It's not electronic or electrically technical. Um, it's yeah it's funny so I, I suppose it's just the my career progression really so um i've been in this role for about 18 months okay and before that i worked in research and development as a systems engineer so it was like i said it, it was it was one of the functions that i now um actually am involved in uh, in with a, along with other, all the other functions as well so I've sort of sort of stepped up into that governance role but yeah I worked in research and development um as a, as a lead systems engineer so I was working on control centers mm. so it was all it was, all, it was software and um requirements capture um defining the architecture for control centers um looking at interfaces between other equipment and that sort of thing um but I suppose it's Okay, I, I might not work with electronics uh, per se, but these systems are made up of electronics. So oh, okay. I suppose okay. it's a different angle, really. Um, but it's all part of the same package. Yeah, I suppose it's the same kind of skill set to understand all the parts of it too. Yeah. How come um, you moved up to that though? It, it's quite a different role. Not saying it's a worse role, but it's just a different role. What yeah. enticed you oh. in that way? Uh, yeah, so uh, I suppose I'd worked in R&D on control centres for about nine years and um, I, I actually went off on maternity leave. Hmm. I came back and um, the project that I'd been on before I went on maternity leave um, got suspended. And so it was, I, yeah, it's all right, I didn't have anything to come back to. And I went, <laughs> oh, um, so where do I go now? And and so I was sort of, I was, I was, keep, I was busy because I was... Um, doing some work so we every every year we have something called um we have ada lovelace day which was about um promoting engineering um and telling school children what we do as a as a business okay. and we'd get school children in um on on a day and we'd you know showcase all all these things we did we'd have career talks and all things like that so when i came back it was actually quite good because i just got to plan that out and 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 deliver that so it was quite nice but then i got to the end of that and i thought well where where do i go from here hmm. and um i happened to be having a conversation with the head of r d and he sort of asked me where where do you think your your career is going with and I said I don't know to be honest I said I feel like I'm in a little bit of a in a in a bit of a rut I don't really know where I'm going and he happened to say that the chief engineer was looking for an assistant and I've always been interested in safety hmm. um and it sort of seemed like a really good career move um so it ticked all the boxes in terms of what I wanted to learn about uh, but also um was just a bit different from from what I've, I've been doing before so so yeah it was just one of those sort of I hadn't really planned it it just came up at the right moment yeah right place right time kind of thing yeah and it, I, I'm quite a nosy person <laughs> so I just wanted to know what else the other on? functions did yeah <laughs> but I, I you know I worked in R&D for a long time so I didn't really know what delivery did um i didn't really know what the factory did you know um i don't really know what customer services did so this gave me an opportunity to just find out more really and sort of expand my knowledge and understand how we as a business work yeah yeah so kind of looking down at the business as a system as opposed to your own little system yeah yeah it's, yeah i was just working in a subsystem i suppose you could say <laughs> do you think it's um, something that you'd have considered if you were offered it a few years earlier or was it certainly a right time, right place kind of thing? Oh, that's a good question. 
I might have done if it had been in a good point. So if it had been where I was going from one project to the next, I don't, I'm a bit of a completer finisher. So I think I would have been, oh, I, I have to feel, finish this project before I move on to something else rather than sort of drop out and move going on away halfway through. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's a bit of a responsibility for, for me to deliver something and get to the end of it before yeah, I yeah. move on else you know but um but that is a good question I, quite possibly i might have done do you know where the role is going to take you like from in the future now um that's another good question this is definitely a stepping stone into other parts of the business but i i haven't worked out what yet mm. uh, <laughs> and um it's, it's sort of finding uh, that's that's a little bit of work that i need to do in terms of finding out what opportunities there are and which one I sort of want to do. Hmm. Um, it may be sort of like an engineering manager's role, um, but I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm still working on that. So at the moment, so this year, I'm part of an engineer's development program. So it's um, sort of, there's a lot of soft skills that I'm learning as part of this, but hmm. I'm hoping that by the end of that, it will sort of give me a good grounding for other opportunities that may come up within the business. Do you think that, um, so the kind of thinking that you're doing now in terms of where you want to go, do you think that it's something that younger engineers should do prior to when they go into the workplace? So you need to have a, a concrete direction that you're aiming for, or is it ad oh, I think it depends on you. Okay. So, I, so my boss, the chief engineer, when he was a graduate or on the graduate scheme, mm-hmm. he knew that he wanted to be chief engineer. That was his ultimate goal. But I don't think a lot of people do that. I certainly don't. I've always been, it's more about the work. Mm-hmm. If I enjoy doing the work rather than the role, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Not for the title, for the... yeah and i think that it's potentially that's sort of quite an uh the the feeling that you need to go okay so i i've come in as a graduate then and now i just need to keep moving up the ladder to this role Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't necessarily think that that's what it's about anymore that's quite a rigid structure now i think for me it's more about what what am I about? What what am I passionate about? And then finding the roles that meet that, hmm. if that makes sense. And um, so for me, I I'm a, I'm very passionate about learning myself, but also helping others to learn about the industry as well. So I will always try and find a way of helping others, yeah. no matter what I do. So I think it's almost like you. Some some people talk about a brand. That you've got a brand or a personal brand, brand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, i think it, i think that probably makes more sense rather than sort of having to sort of push yourself into a role that doesn't really suit you it's almost like you start to define your own roles hmm. so you could go you could you could so for me my obviously my um job title is assistant chief engineer but actually i bring something of myself to that role which is about learning and development and bringing people on that journey um whereas my so my my boss is is safe low-cost signaling that's that's his brand if you if you, you know, i think most people sort of know that's what he's about so that's his brand mm-hmm. so i think we all bring different things to uh to a role no i see what you mean so if you're in his position then what might be happening locally to that position will be a bit different maybe you'd have some more outreach kind of stuff because you've instigated it yeah and certainly that's what i sort of do bring to the role actually so as, as we work we work as governance i actually so i do a lot around professional registration mm-hmm. with engineering uh, institutions and that's the part i bring to the role so it's about developing our engineers but also by doing that we are showing that they're demonstrably competent, which means that our activities are safer and what they do are safe okay. because you're demonstrating competency. So it's sort of, it works both ways really, you know? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So you're pushing in a certain way, but the outcome's still the same. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see. So you've got um quite a, a top-down view on everything there. Um, I was just wondering, um, as it's quite a, a, a bit, not a big thing, but it's it's quite it's a prominent issue at the moment is um diversity in the workplace. And since you've got such like such a top-down view on everything, do you um see whether the issue is being slowly addressed or you know, is there, is there challenges that you would face now if you entered the workforce as a um, a graduate female engineer? I think in terms of tackling it, I think there's a lot being done. There's a lot being on done. it, um, an awful lot, which is which is great. You know, um, I think oh, if I'm just if I was coming in now, I I, I don't know. It's a, it's a really difficult question actually <laughs> because. I've sort, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. So you sort of just accepted that things were the way they were, and you just got on with it, sort of thing. You know, I didn't, I didn't really. I think it's like when you have those conversations with people, it's like they open your eyes to things, and you that you weren't really aware of before. Mm. Um, like the unconscious so I think, stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think. I would probably, I think I, I, I stand up for things more now. I call stuff out now that I d- wouldn't do 20 years ago mm-hmm. because I don't think I was really aware of it being, prob- it was almost like it was normalised. But now there was no way I would have let that happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would have absolutely called it out, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think we're definitely in a better place. Um so you'd be much more Definitely. comfortable when starting out as a um, a young engineer again if you were given the opportunity. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I think we're definitely in a better place. But so the thing is, ultimately, it's about respect. It's about respect for people mm, and caring about people. It's no, it's no more complicated than that, um, is it? You know, it is. It's literally just about considering people having respect for people and 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 that's that's ultimately it. and i do find it bizarre that people can't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you do get it you, know? you, you, still, you still get behavior like that um and but i i'm also in a position where i feel that i am responsible for being there for other people who who may be subject to a bit being more. treated badly. Yeah, yeah um and I have had that. I've had that those conversations with people where they have they've had really quite awful things said to them. And the the thing is, the what people don't realise is the effect of that. I've yeah. had people questioning their career choices because of an attitude of somebody, you know. Um, so and that's not that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be questioning your career choices just because somebody doesn't understand why you want to be an engineer rather than working in a beauty parlor. It, that, you know, that, it doesn't yep. make any sense. <laughs> that and it works both ways, you know. Hmm. Um, we should just be able to pursue what we want to pursue without falling into issues. Ultimately, yeah, that's, that's, you know, you should be able to be an engineer, irrespective of your background, your race your sex your your sexual orientation it doesn't it doesn't come into the into the matter you know it really shouldn't matter should it that's why i find it so difficult to understand why people are are so upset about things you know and feel like they have to tell you yeah yeah but i suppose it's it's another thing as well like since um it's engineering most people in engineering if they don't understand it will struggle to kind of address it you know, it seems to be um, a way of thinking that if once you understand it, you can build it, fix it, repair it, whatever. But until you understand it, you can't do it properly. And if you can't understand the like the issue that you've got, then that's probably why it's progressed so much. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's bizarre. But and that's the ironic thing is we we are all actually all different. Uh, that's that's the one thing that brings us together is the fact that we're all different we all we've all done different things we all, like, it's like, like even be, being treated because of the university you go to you go to there's that as well there's that sort of behavior to being treated differently just because you went to a different university or, or and that's that again just seems ridiculous um so as as a woman in engineering yourself have you um personally have any had any issues that you've had to overcome like ones that 
other people hearing might take use of? I mean, not, I wouldn't say that there have been like any specific barriers. Like nobody has said to me, you can't do this because you're a woman. Absolutely not. If anything, I've had more than enough support from lots of people, you know. Yeah. Um, but I suppose you get that it's the stupid comments. You do get stupid comments. And I suppose that's something that I've just learned to deal with in terms of just calling them out on it. And, and you, it's almost like, I suppose it's like with anything really, you end up building up a little bit of a, a list of things that you can use to respond. It's just, it's just from years of hearing things and you go, oh, okay. And, and you, you do, you just, you just sort of build up the confidence to respond. And, and so that's what I do, hmm. uh, do really. Um, and, and it, you know, it, you don't have to, you have to, you don't have to be rude about it. You, you can just shrug it off, just kind deal of. with it. Like having thicker yeah, skin. Most, most people, yeah, I think the, the thing is, is when it becomes systematic, that's the that's the thing. So if it turns into bullying, then you know that's a huge thing. But you you know you're going to get people who who make comments that are sort of not thought through, and they're not there's not really anything malicious meant by it, but they just haven't really thought what they were saying before they said it type thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely. I would definitely say that I'm someone who does well i will call it out if it's if it's completely outrageous <laughs> <You know? laughs> well of course <laughs> is there any um, advice yeah. that you'd give to young engineers that maybe from a different ethnicity or you know being female engineer that might be um subject to something like that in the, the longer run so i've had comments like so the whole diversity thing mm. I've had people say things like, you're only here because you're a girl. It's just like, oh, you're chick- ticking a box. And I've heard a lot of other people within the business had that said to them as well. I've, you know, they, we've had conversations about it and they said, oh, yeah, so-and-so said, oh, you're only here because, um, yeah, you tick the right boxes. And yeah. I suppose my response to that, what, a girl who got the answers right? Because ultimately, nobody... Sat, you know, nobody sat in that exam hall and did those exams for you. You did that. You got those marks. Mm. You've done all of that. So just remember that, and, and and that's what you're bringing to the table. And it's a great, and it's a great answer if somebody does say that. And that, and you do hear that. And I just, and that shocks me that people have the, the the cheek to even say it to somebody. I think it's just it's just out of order, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah just remember that it's you know you you did that work hmm. it's a bit of a weird idea to have but um it's only a quota because <laughs> yeah. everyone's still qualified and went through the same courses yeah and, and even you know when you go into the grad scheme and you go through that process of um getting onto the grad scheme so you you know you have your interviews and you have your your, your um your activities that you're assessed on you're all assessed against the same criteria yeah so so that's it you know you all got through based on that and and so and i think that's a a thing to everyone really it's not about a diversity thing actually it's about you know remember how hard you work to get to that point and give yourself some credit yeah definitely to take the flip side of that though um just just to combat the point since we made the point um do you think that there is quotas that are met in that way by companies? So like, you know, in the driving test and someone fails a driving test and their instant response is, oh, they must have a quota. It's the same kind of idea, but maybe they do have a quota. I think it's just easy. It's just an easy cop out excuse. excuse. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. Um, it's it's the, a reaction that I don't think is really based on any fact and I can so as somebody who's been involved with the Siemens graduate scheme and entry-level talent and marked uh, interviewed people and and assessed people against that criteria I can say that it is absolutely about your skills and what you bring to the table that we don't look at that in in any way but you will get you do get the comments because i've had that before i've somebody said oh there's, there's more women this year oh I, I saw that you were on the uh, interview 
panel and I went yeah I was on the interview panel but I'd just like to point out I didn't interview any women <laughs> all the people I interviewed were men so ha that doesn't work out does it so so it's stuff like that but you will get the assumptions yeah that you know um but you I suppose being involved in it I can absolutely say 100% that that's not the case you are judged um on what you bring to the table that's it how it should be <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So um, how did you get involved in electronic science? If we go like all the way to the beginning, so you're in school, what did you do in school? And how did you progress? The, what, you, what did you do? Okay, so I had, I had a bit of an unusual route into engineering. So I left school and I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. I left like, with a handful of GCSEs actually. And um, I just ended up getting a job as um, a secretary with a, a uh, they were like a security alarm company hmm. uh, and then I uh, didn't really enjoy it there because I didn't really enjoy the people I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's because you know as, a, as somebody I was 16 at the time and I think you know just I, I just don't remember being treated particularly well hmm. um, but by various people um, and so I just got fed up and, and looked for a job elsewhere. And I, I looked for a job and found one at Westinghouse mm -hmm. and and got the job as a document controller okay. and like a team organizer, still sort of very much admin based. Um, but as I started doing this role, I, I started interfacing with the design team and I started sort of issuing the um, equipment case designs to the factory for pre-wire. And I started sort of thinking, oh, this is quite interesting. Um, and so I started to find uh, an interest in this. And my line manager at the time said, I think you should do um, your assistant testers training because I think it'd be really good for you. Because what you can do is you can go out at the weekend with um, the guys and you can test, you know, you can assist the testing of the equipment. So it's like a bit of extra cash, you know. And I went, yeah, okay then. And from, I think that point onwards, I was just really, I just got more and more into it. And I really found it interesting and thought, well, this is, this is a great career. So I asked if I could move into design and I was allowed, I got into design. I was, I was, I was doing signaling design. And then I remember one of the independent checkers I think I'd made a mistake um, in putting the, like the wrong wire size or something on, and he put, he wrote Ohm's law. Okay. I thought right, I really need to get the academic background to help hmm. me. So um, I asked if I could go to college part time, so like on day release along with the apprentices. Yeah. And they said yes, yeah. so I did that for four years. So I did my ONC and then my HNC in electronic and electrical engineering. And the reason why I did that was because. It, well, it was the course that everyone went on as an apprentice. So I just ended up going on as well. Oh, okay. So right. at the end of that, yeah. So it was just like, that was, it was like that and mechatronics and they felt that that's not really what we did. So it was more electronic and electrical because yeah. really that's what our systems are made up of. Um, so I finished that and when uh, when I sort of, I'm oh, sorry, I was at the last year and I got an opportunity to move into R&D on a secondment. Okay. So I finished my HMC and I was in R&D and I just, again, it was a similar thing where I was thinking, I don't, I, I feel like I haven't really got the academic background. So I ended up um, asking if they would sponsor me to go to university. So I did a four year master's full time at university at Warwick. So, so yeah, I did I did the four year masters full time, and I come back to um, work in the holidays, which was great because it um, got a bit. Crazy. But yeah, that was that was so helpful because um, they paid for my tuition fees, which was a a, a lot less than you have to pay now. Which <laughs> I do do sympathise with anyone. It's, it's just, a lot money isn't it it's like, so it was two and a half grand when I was it two or three grand when I was when I was there and I think it just changed when I let uh, I finished but yeah it's just it's just an awful lot of money um but yeah so so I finished my degree and then I came back to um Siemens and I suppose with me I 
I go into a role and I assess where I am in terms of my knowledge and what the gaps are and then okay how can I fill these gaps how can I find out more so I think that's that's probably what I've always done throughout my life so like I said you know I started doing design and I realized there was a gap in my sort of basic understanding of engineering Mm -hmm. so I filled the gap through going to college and then moved into R&D realized okay I need to fill this gap did my masters and and I'm doing I'm something I'm always doing as well I I don't think that I'll ever stop I'll always go oh I don't know about that right let's go off and find about you know I still do now I'm involved in study groups at work um because I'm there's so much and there and I suppose it's it's just the constant learning and curiosity find out something else you know so I think that's it it's like being a lifelong learner probably sums it up yeah, well, that's really yeah. useful in the long run, anyway. Because think how much stuff that you know that you just have no—you'd have no idea otherwise. Yeah, absolutely, and it's fascinating. It's—it's it's such an exciting thing. I, I, I've got a friend who talks about that um, being called a nerd is not an insult because being a nerd is about being excited about things. It's about look what we can do, you know. So, so whenever somebody calls me a nerd, I always go, "That's not an insult." Brilliant. yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> you do you're involved in study groups now um do you like do you get involved in other projects and things in your spare time as well or is it um i spoke yeah so in a way because so we do these study groups which are for um a professional exam within the rail industry hmm. um and it covers lots of dis- different aspects so part of that is obviously studying in the evening so I suppose in terms of that yeah that's I suppose a project as such but I don't really do other I don't have like my own projects I know some people you know like fixing things and taking stuff yeah playing with stuff <laughs> taking stuff apart and then putting it back together and you know all these different things or I know some people who um really like the raspberry pies and playing about with them and it's not something that I do just because a I've got a two and a half year old okay, um I do, and I've got a study group as well so mm-hmm. those sort of take up quite a lot of my time um but but maybe maybe in the future I'm, I might find something to 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 do <laughs> oh, I see um but yeah, it's just other things. So reading, you know, I like to read a lot of the engineering institution magazines to just keep up um, with what's going on and new uh, sort of digital technologies. So things like AI, um, augmented reality, virtual reality, or you know, those sort of really exciting things um, yeah. that we as a business want to sort of move it uh, towards. So, so I think I probably I do more of that really. Yeah, yeah. it's knowing useful yeah. tools and stuff, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's sort of understanding what's out there and how how we can use it to develop our business. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that you went into it's quite it's like it's not a bad way of doing it. It's very step. So you you know what you need to learn and you learn that and you go oh I need to learn this and you move to that. Would yeah. you um if you're given the opportunity would you have done it a different route or are you completely happy with the way that you've done it? Because potentially you do better doing knowing where the knowledge is going to be applied. Yeah, I think, yeah, probably. Um, it's a difficult one because it's, it's sort of, I, I don't know. If yeah. I could take the it's not, I, I don't know what that route would have been. But uh, for me, it made sense. I, I took the, the road that made sense to me at the time. I probably could have got where I am a lot sooner if I had gone, you know, if I'd have done A-levels and then uh, university, um, yeah, quite possibly. But again, um, I think I was in a very good position because... I got sponsorship from the company. Yeah, so you've come out without so much overhead. Yeah, and so both my parents, well, neither of my parents um, were, were university graduates. You know, they, they both worked in factories. So I, I'm not sure if I would have necessarily, that they would have really sort of understood where I wanted to go. Yeah. Having, having the company paid for me was actually really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see the value in something that you don't fully understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they've always, they're always very, been very supportive. And my, my dad always used to say that he'd been to the University of Life. <laughs> always made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same difference. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I've been to the University of Life and the University of Warwick, so <laughs> I've got two degrees. <laughs> 
Deary me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> how would you um advise um? So you okay? So you've gone into things with quite a lot of experience in terms of like drawing a line between the two things of what you need to know and why you need to know it. Is there anything that you'd advise young engineers to do? Because like in terms of like getting that kind of knowledge, because I know you could you, you could get an internship or work experience or an apprenticeship, but what what sort of route would you think could be um, best to consider, or is there certain aspects of it that are better to, to consider than others? I, I don't I don't think so. Again, I think it's down to what down to you, what you're interested in, um, how you learn best. But I suppose it's about utilizing the resources that are out there. So. For me, I've got a lot throughout my career from engineering institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been quite involved with a lot of engineering institutions as well. So I think that is a, a, a big thing to, to do and, and utilize the resources they have because they, they quite often have a, like a younger members or a student section. So again, utilize the resources that are there, but also get involved with some of the activities uh, and be involved with that. So, so for instance, I'm, I've been quite heavily involved with the Institution of Railway Signal Engineers for, for about 20 years, um, but I was on the Younger Members Committee. So, and there were two great things about that. Hmm. One, you can find, you can think to yourself, right, what do I want to find out about? Okay, it's this. Now I've got the opportunity to go and find that and then create a visit or an event based around that so I get to learn but it's actually of benefit to everybody else yeah yeah um so there's that side of it but also by being on those um committees or you know being involved like that you're actually adding to your skills so things like you know budgetary responsibility you might not get that in your day job but you can get it through that because if you're a treasurer of a younger members committee you've got a budget that you have to manage so so there all of these skills you can get from many places. Okay. So it's kind of more like saying yes to opportunities when they come because mm. you, you, you get different skills from different places. Is that what you're meaning? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, it's, it's also, you, you can be quite selfish, I suppose, in terms of deciding what your events are going to be. You have an input into that so you can influence and, and get something back yourself. Um, yeah. But as well as benefiting lots of other people, you know, you can't you can't be the only person who's interested in that. There will be other people who are interested in it. You know. Oh, I see. That's a good way of looking at that. Actually, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. It's. I've always. I wouldn't say I've always been quite selfish. It's always me being. <laughs> I I want to learn about this. I can't be the only one. Type attitude, and then just going for it and setting it up. Well, it must have worked so far. Otherwise, you wouldn't be where you are now. I suppose. Yeah, that's definitely influenced it. Definitely, um, because you again, you, when you start advertising events, your your name gets known within the industry, and people see you as you know, um, like an active member. Somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's interesting because I I look at the people who were sort of part of that younger members committee when I was on it, or or my sort of predecessors, and I think you know they've all gone on to be you know leaders within the industry you know they've, they've done incredibly well so it's sort of almost a like rites of passage almost yeah do you think it's this sort of people that it attracts to do that sort of thing though or is it just the skills have set people up really well yeah yeah i think so um yeah it's it's funny i, I don't i think and I, I thought i think people just end up doing them you, know, you sort of you, you meet somebody who's on them and then you end up being sort of brought into them as well so um yeah it's uh okay so it's knowing the right people (laughs) well it's the thing is i i remember the first one i went on again it was so i I started to work on the victoria line project and um there was a younger members event on the victoria line and about metro system so i asked my boss if i could go on it and went on it great so I learned a lot about Victoria Line and, and Metro Systems but then I met the committee just because you end up in a pub afterwards generally um, and so you just you just create a network for yourself by by default and then you go to another event and you recognize the same people and you have a chat and, and, and then it just 
snowballs from there. Um, uh. And then you get drawn in and then you end up on the committees and then, you know, uh, council or whatever. So, so yeah, it's, um, oh, I see. there's some real benefits to being involved with that type of thing. What's the, um, what, what's your favorite thing that you've been involved in due to those, that sort of, um, involvement? Oh, um, probably the 2017 Aspect Convention in Singapore. What's Aspect? Oh, you're going to have to, oh, <laughs> I can't remember what they all stand for. So I think it's um, automation, signaling, performance. I can't remember what E stands for. It might be environment, um, communication and telecoms, I think might be. But it's a, the IRC Aspect Convention. I'm probably going to get told off <laughs> <laughs> for not remembering that correctly. But ultimately, it's about, yeah, it's a convention and they um, have lots of speakers. There's lots of topics that are talked about and it's over a number of days and you have visits to um, various places. But the best one was Singapore because I got to go to Singapore, which was <laughs> amazing. It was lovely. And I was part, yeah, I was on the organising committee for that. Wow, and again, okay. yeah yeah so that was something that sort of came out of the younger members hmm. committee uh because one of the former chairs was the chair of the aspects so you just the same people sort of end up doing lots of things together you know oh, i um, see it's the same groups of people the top tier of uh organization <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so um so it's definitely worth getting involved in, in that sort of thing yeah. Did you um, get to speak with lots of people that like interested you sort of thing? Or was it more of just the the being involved in that sort of um, project? It's it's a bit of both, actually. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think, so once you go there, you obviously speak to a, a huge range of people from, from all over the place. Um, so the speakers, you might have a specific interest in one of the, the papers that has been written and presented. Um, so so yeah it, it just there's there's lots of benefits to, to being involved in that sort of thing yeah um you just but you do get to work with some really great people as well as part of the the, the build-up to to hosting an event like that oh i see so it's like a double double positive yeah absolutely yeah yeah so um would that be um something that you'd recommend young engineers go to like sort of thing for in terms of networking do you think yeah. that's a really important part? Definitely, because you do, you build up that um, that network. So I, I never really thought of calling it a network when I was doing it. It was just a sort of a, a, a byproduct of being part of the committee almost. I never sort of had a, a, a goal of creating a network. It was just something that happened. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely setting up a network. Because it's funny, it's, it, because those are the people you'll go, oh, so I know that so-and-so knows about that I'll you know I'll contact them so so you you, you that you, we can all help each other yeah yeah uh, yeah increase that like, your own knowledge um ask questions you know it's it's yeah it's 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 a very beneficial thing to do and, and be involved in yeah is it something yeah, sorry De- yeah definitely network definitely network definitely network <laughs> is it um so if I was applying for a role in Siemens and you were going through the, the stuff, like the the applications, like you said, that you had have done in the past, would um, having been involved in or even attending something like that, like a conference or something, would that bring you out ahead of doing projects or something in your own time? Um, I think it, I think it's probably they've, they've got the, a sort of equal value really um i think it's just showing that you it's not just a day job to you it's it's saying that actually i do care more about this i am interested um i'm not i don't want to just come in and turn the handle i want to develop i want to do more i you know i want to progress and improve things um and 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 i suppose so I, i talked about professional registration earlier on that sort of sums up to me what I'm looking for because it's okay that you you've got the 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 knowledge uh, in whatever field it is that that you're specialising in, but you've also thought about how that works in a business. So so in terms of management and and budget and 
all of that mm. stuff and again you can get that you don't have to get that from your day job you can get it from like I said being involved with other things um, but then it's also about what uh, how you promote the industry or, or engineering as well it's, it's about the, you the broader side of engineering and sustainability and um, you know we, we have a lot of responsibility as engineers and and I suppose it's that it's it's see, trying to do good things it's like what what shall I use my invisibility cloak for today should it be good or evil <laughs> well yeah because it's up to you it's a completely your choice <laughs> I like yeah but by showing that you're you're a sort of a you've got these other skills and you think of bigger than just the, the day job or or, hmm. or the work then it, it shows that you know you're going to be far you're going to go far and you'll 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 be a leader in that area yeah that area. yeah yeah I suppose it's very subjective isn't it what what you enjoy and what you like and where you want to put the time in so yeah and there's no there's no sort of right or wrong answer that's the thing i think it's down to you it's it's about we don't want cookie cutter engineers we don't want everybody the same um we want people who have a passion for whatever it is they have a passion for yeah um, yeah i think that's that's important to, to bring that to the table okay um yep so moving on to the random trivia questions and at the end um so the first question is what's the greatest lesson that you've ever learned i think it would be that i have a choice you have a choice and let me expand a bit on that you may have a limited choice but you still have a choice um so for instance when somebody you know behaves in a certain way and, and treats you or, or you you find it upsetting then you have a choice on your reaction to that and what you're going to do about it so i think that that's very important and never to feel that you know you are you're stuck anywhere and that i think that's probably the the, the greatest lesson yeah yeah have. that's a really valuable lesson to learn too because mm. well yeah without that you get yourself really stuck somewhere yeah um yeah absolutely so yeah that that for me is probably the the one that i always go back to as well to remind myself you got a hard job if you keep going back to the <laughs> i can leave <laughs> if i want to <laughs> Um, okay, the second question then is what's the most recent electrical or electronic device that you've purchased just in general? Um, my Apple Watch. Apple Watch? Yes. Is it good? It's brilliant. <laughs> so the, uh, the thing that I love about it is the fact that it stops me looking at my phone. I find, and that sounds like a ridiculous thing, but um, because I just set up what alerts I need to see on and, and so i ignore my phone and then just look at my phone at the end of the day because i find that it distracts me from um, what i'm doing so if i i can i can set it up so that i i just get anything important so if it's a message i can look and go okay but with my phone i you have you pick it up you and i find that that's it then i'm down the rabbit's hole yeah facebook's there <laughs> youtube's there yeah <laughs> you start looking on the, all the apps so so that's my that's my reason behind that is that uh, and also it's really great because you know i can i can do my my exercise and, and it logs all of that sort of stuff and yeah it reminds me to drink some water because i'm really bad at that i tend to forget and then wonder why i've got a headache at like midday so yep. yeah it's very good for that oh well I, I didn't think you'd have just bought one of those so that's a good answer <laughs> Um, what's the biggest mistake that young engineers make when applying for job roles? Um, I think, well, so going back to what we said earlier, um, forgetting how other things contribute to you as a person and you as an engineer. So there's other skills. So for instance, you may, I don't know, be involved with a scout group or something and there are skills that you have. So, so when you apply remember to talk about all the other things that you do because that that bit that's that's you as a person and and it shows a lot um 
so don't just worry about the academic side of things it's actually all the other stuff that you get involved in like you say you know if you if you have projects that you do you know include that because that that's interesting it shows a, a, an interest in in, in in other stuff yeah shows that you've varied do yeah. you think there's a line though between them so you did loads and loads and loads of stuff to do with um i don't know like the train services and stuff and you're really into that but then you also did a lot of things on something else is it worth including a bit of everything or more towards other stuff that you think is more professionally relevant um i i suppose it's about going you know where, where do you want to go into detail that's relevant um so for instance, you, you may coach a football team. The skills that you get from coaching are, are very valuable in a business hmm. environment. Um, so it's about what you, I suppose, what you're extracting from uh, that. Okay, so it's the skills you've got to identify from each one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what's your favorite electronic or electrical component? <laughs> This is a great question. Um, I, I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to, I, I'm not going to answer in a, in a sensible way. Uh, so I don't really have a specific component. Okay. But I, I like a system that comprises many parts that are working together that provides a function. Okay, I suppose you're a systems engineer at heart, so yeah, we'll go yeah. with it. Yeah, 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 and, and and that's it. So, so, and all the all the the, the products that I work with have lots of outputs and behave in a certain way, and that's I suppose the the thing that makes them special and makes them useful. Uh, and makes mistakes as well. Is there a favourite um, like unit that you've worked on then, from that kind of angle? Oh yeah, definitely my control centre. Your control yeah. centers is that the the railway ones that you yes the... so it's the, the the what the signalers use to to route trains around and and that's yeah that, i think that's definitely my my favorite bit because you can see it that's i think that's what it is you know you can see things moving around there's something tangible you interact with it i think mm. that's why i i enjoy it yeah it's my favorite <laughs> that's awesome especially <laughs> since you work with all that stuff now yeah um and finally um just to wrap everything up um What's the biggest piece of advice that you'd give to a young engineer now? Oh, trust yourself. How do you mean? I mean, trust the decisions you're making because lots of people will tell you, well, why do you want to do that? Oh, no, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. And I think you're in the best position to know what's right for you. Hmm. So trust. that's why I say trust yourself. Okay. You might not believe me. But I think you, you 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 know more about yourself than anyone else. Well, that's a good point. It's it's tricky though when you sit there and you know that you don't know very much, and people ask you questions like, "So what are you going to do in five years? What are you going to do with this? How are you going to do this?" You're like, "I don't know." I, I don't know what I'm going to do in five years. Um, I don't know many people who are. Um, it's a it's a really hard because things will change so much as well. Mm. Um, so I think. Uh, yeah, I I feel the same in in terms of it, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five. I have no idea. You know, things could change so much. Um, I think a year I could probably work that out. You know. Um, so so yeah, I think it's sort of maybe not worrying too much about the five years and something that you feel comfortable about. And uh, yeah, I don't know what people are expecting by asking you what your five-year plan is i don't know well, that's don't, true yeah potentially it's a reaction they're watching for <laughs> yeah i mean i i have been asked so when i be, i became chartered last year and part of my interview was asking about you to give a five-year plan and i wasn't particularly comfortable with it because i went oh okay i'll, I'll put some stuff in but <laughs> it's a bit yeah. you know a, a bit vague the only thing i could really think of putting in was i want to become a fellow of the iet and the irse and probably go for um the european engineer status and that's all i could really think of because i thought i probably need about that much time to to do it hmm. but in terms of projects and work and i'm still trying to sort of work all of that out 
you know. Do you think potentially it's more um, goal orientated then? Just to check that you're uh, you're aiming for something rather than planning on being stagnant. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it might, yeah, it sort of makes you th- making you think a bit further than what you're doing this week. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's to motivate you to sort of think. Uh, but yeah, the whole five years thing just makes me sort of go, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> yep. So, so I suppose I suppose the sort of the the. The lesson there is that even when you've been doing a job for 24 years and you're assistant chief engineer, you still go, I have, I don't know what my five-year plan is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> See, as long as it's fine and you're confident in yourself, yeah, it should be okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. and it's okay, it's okay to go, do you know what? This is not the route I really want to go down. Let's change direction. That's absolutely fine as well. You know, it's, there's no issue in in saying this isn't this isn't where i want to go i want to do something else and then changing yeah you know, trust yourself you know. like you said yeah because you just don't know until you've tried it yeah but then that goes into a whole nother thing of you should you should try stuff yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh well thank you very much for joining us today helen um today we've had a really great opportunity to talk to helen from siemens about um what well, loosely what Siemens does, but um, more of what her role is every day um, and how she's progressed to this point um, since she hasn't gone down the conventional route through A-levels, university, blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, then just a few random tips and tricks, um, a little bit of advice on um, smartwatches, a little bit of advice for interviews and on how to tackle um, a workplace um, rascals. Workplace <laughs> rascals. All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, Helen. You're Speak to you soon. Welcome. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye.